0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast on employment issues in primary care. My name is Jess Delplass. I'm a member of the client services team and I'm here with Lucy Miles, associate um, in our employment team based in London. Today we're just going to have a a conversation with Lucy about her recent uh, webinar on this topic and um, see the main points that came out of that webinar. Um, So Lucy, uh, to start off with in what situations can a capability issue arise?
1: Um, well, a capability um, really has two potential meanings um, for employment law purposes. Um, firstly, it can mean poor performance, um, which is the obvious one that, that people um, probably think about when they think about a capability dismissal. But it can also mean um, an ill health problem. So somebody isn't capable of doing their job um either because they aren't capable of meeting the attendance um, requirements for that job or because um, their health is is impacting them um, in some sort of way, which which renders them incapable of doing their job. How do you start
0: um, a poor performance process then? Well, essentially,
1: um, a capability dismissal will really only ever be fair if you followed... Um, a fair and comprehensive process beforehand. And the appropriate process is really going to depend on the circumstances, but fundamentally um, it needs to relate to the underlying reasons um, for the performance issues that that are being experienced. I think we should always remember that the primary purpose of um, a capability process would always be to improve performance or or attendance, if that's the issue. rather than in order to to reach a dismissal. Um, so coming from it from a, a perspective of how do we get the employee out um, isn't necessarily the best idea. Um, and then what I would be suggesting is is going through a sort of informal process um, in order to make sure that you're talking to your employee um, as and when the issues arise, sort of on a day-to-day basis, they should be dealt with by the employee's manager at the time they incur. Um, and that's really, really important, not only because it sets the expectations and boundaries, um, and that can actually nip things in the bud before they become a big issue, but also if there is then a need to go on to um, do a formal uh, performance management process, it prevents the employee from being able to say, well, I've always done things this way, and it's never been raised as an issue before, and that can be quite problematic. So, essentially, it's going to be an informal process of picking things up as and when they happen, um, but also sort of keeping documents and notes about how those issues have been managed, um, and speaking to the employee about the issues, um, trying to establish whether there are any kind of underlying reasons behind them and giving them any support that they need on an informal basis um, for trying to improve. And what happens
0: then if you've tried an informal process and that hasn't worked?
1: Well then essentially we move into um, a formal process, um, sort of formal performance management. And in order to do that, um, first of all, you're gonna want to be gathering together all of the relevant um <clears throat> documents so you're going to be looking at things like their job description um, the issues that are um, being experienced evidence of the things that they're not not doing right and also the evidence that you will have gathered through your um, informal process of each and every time things have been picked up with them and they've been spoken to about um, about the issues and then essentially you're going to um carry out a formal process which will involve um, Inviting them to meetings um, and at those meetings, you're going to be discussing the performance issues with them in detail and um, trying to get to the bottom of what the root causes of, of the issues are um, and ways of of how you can potentially help them to improve their performance. Um, really crucially, you're going to be setting targets for them and then giving them um, a reasonable period of time um, to improve Um, And that process essentially sort of continues on Um, after you've had that first capability meeting. You're almost in a cycle um, whereby you give them a little bit of time to improve, whatever amount of time is reasonable in their circumstances, depending on the type of job they do, um, monitoring their performance and then having further capability meetings with them to assess their performance against their goals. And if they haven't improved or they haven't improved sufficiently, you'll issue warnings and then you go back into that cycle of doing the same thing again, giving them another period of time in which to improve where you monitor them. And that process then continues on until either their performance gets to a point where um, you're happy with it or where they're on a final written warning and they still haven't improved or haven't improved sufficiently um, so that the appropriate next step then becomes dismissal. And in order to um, show that employee's been dismissed fairly through that process you basically need to be able to show that you've provided all the support you can and you've exhausted all other options before um, you've essentially got to dismissal as your last resort Um, so throughout that process you're going to be thinking about things like um, whether you could give the employee any further training if they have knowledge or skills gap for example um, mentoring or changing their working hours or patterns and what's going to be appropriate in terms of the support that you can provide to them is largely going to be dictated by the sort of root causes of the underperformance, but also the needs of the employee in in that individual situation.
0: And um, what happens then if you think poor performance is um, being caused by a health
1: issue? Yeah, so it's really important, I suppose coming back to, the reason for trying to get to the bottom of the of the cause of the poor performance um, and if you think that there's some sort of health issue and it could be something very clear and obvious or it could be something less obvious um that you just have sort of a, a suspicion that there's something else that that's driving it um it's really really important to manage things quite carefully um, just to come back to when you have um, a capability concern and um, there are two real potential ways that a health problem um, can be managed and firstly it's if it is the obvious one i suppose if the health issue is impacting on the employee's performance in their role or secondly um, it's if the health issue is actually causing them significant absence And it's the absence that's the issue, rather than the performance. So again, trying to separate out what the actual issue is. So if you have an employee who's on long-term sickness absence from work, for example, it's um, more appropriate to manage them through your absence management policy rather than through a performance management process. So the focus of your meetings with them is going to be on um, understanding their condition, its causes, and what's contributing to it, perhaps, and um, the treatment they're undergoing, um, their medication, their prognosis and then really crucially what measures you can put in place to support them and try to assist them with their return to work um, and being able to come back to work and, and maintain acceptable attendance levels in the workplace and <clears throat> what you're going to want to be doing there is um, seeking advice from an occupational health service um or potentially even the employees treating um clinicians and in those circumstances it's really really important that you don't dismiss an employee for um their absence levels until you've managed things closely you've got that medical advice and it's very clear that there is no prospect no realistic prospect of them being able to return to work in the foreseeable future um alternatively The other scenario is where the employee is still at work, um, but you know or you might suspect that they have a medical condition which is um, contributing towards their performance issues. Now, in those circumstances, you're probably loosely going to want to be following the same performance management process that we have just discussed, that informal stage and then moving on to the formal stage. But the process um, needs to focus much more closely on what can be done to support the employee Um, And again, I would be suggesting that you seek input from an occupational health service or their treating clinicians throughout that performance management process. Um, And again, the focus is going to be on understanding their condition, the impact it has on their work and any steps or measures that you can take um, to assist them to to perform to that, that required standard. And the reason that I say you need to exercise a lot of caution where there's a health issue involved is because um, there's potential for that health condition to amount to a disability and a disability under the Equality Act um, differs quite significantly from the sort of common perception of what amounts to a disability. So under the Equality Act somebody can have a disability if they have a, a physical or mental impairment. Uh, which has a substantial and long-term adverse effect on their ability to carry out normal day-to-day activities. Now, it would normally be long-term if it's lasted or it's expected to last um, for 12 months. So not particularly long-term, but 12 months is enough. Um, And in order to um, determine whether it affects them substantially on a day-to-day basis, you're gonna want to be thinking about things like um, what the impact is on them in real terms, in their everyday life. So in relation to things like eating, sleeping, walking, talking, personal hygiene, socializing, all of those types of really fundamental things that we all do every day. And if their health issue um, impacts on those things substantially, then there's quite a good chance that um, that it will amount to a disability. Um, And that's really important because if they have a disability, there are certain claims that they could potentially bring that you need to be aware of um, and you could potentially be exposed um, in relation to those claims if you haven't dealt with things really really carefully. The obvious claim is in relation to um, the duty to make reasonable adjustments um, and that means where um, an employee has or experiences substantial difficulties and caused by your sort of workplace arrangements um, you're going to have a duty to um, <clears throat> to put reasonable adjustments in place and that could include all sorts of things. Um, it could include changing their duties, giving them additional training or mentoring. It could be making um, adjustments to the capability procedure itself and again that's something that you'll be taking advice from occupational health on. They will always be able to advise on um, reasonable adjustments that could be implemented to assist the employee. Now the other claim that you should be um, really, really wary of, is a claim under Section 15 of the Equality Act, which is for um, discrimination for something which arises from disability. And that can be a really tricky one to defend, because ultimately, if you dismiss somebody for um, performance or for um, high absence levels, for example, and that poor performance or high absence levels are because of a disability, That dismissal in itself will be discriminatory. And so the way to avoid liability for it is to ensure that before you do that dismissal you you fully explored um, and made every reasonable adjustment that you properly can so that you can justify the dismissal um, as sort of the last resort.
0: Thank you Lucy for that Um, really interesting discussion. Um, on, on the key points to consider um, if an employment issue arises thank you and um, that just leads me to, to thank everyone for listening and if you've got any questions please do uh, contact us via website and we'd be happy to help thank you very
1: much thanks very much